Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. I'm a little worried about my two co-hosts today. Welcome into the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, John Helmkamp. And the reason I'm worried is because when our intro plays, typically I can see on my screen these two hooligans dancing, smiling, so happy. And boys, I'm not going to lie, that was a little soft today. Usually it usually low? it's a lot better. And it was a little low. Like You're at least fist pumping, but Okada just stood there looking up into space. <laughs> he didn't know what was happening. Uh, I was Are we doing okay on this Wednesday? I was distracted by my camera settings because uh, they look terrible. Shout out to the YouTube crew. Uh, and for once, if you're not watching on YouTube, you might be doing it right because, I don't know, I need a ring light or something. <laughs> yes. Same. If you're not watching on YouTube, the, the usual saying is you're doing it wrong. Um, however, I will counterpoint Okada and say that we have a brand new YouTube show oh! as part of the Ball Blast family. We're like a podcast network at this point, um, which is a ton of fun. We have the, the flagship show with Kate and Michelle, our show, of course, and we just added... A YouTube-specific show with Adam Stark and Cole Topham. Those guys are killing it. They are the Ball Blast Bandits. 15 to 20-minute episodes. I'm talking quick-hitting segments. It's a ton of fun. Give them a, a shot. Check it out. Uh, you can find that right here on the Ball Blast Football Channel. Fellas, what happened? We're on to Week 10. Oh. <laughs> like, where is the season going? Seriously. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. We Not are well past the halfway point. We're in the double-digit weeks. This is trash. It is playoff crunch time, ladies and gents. It is right around the corner. It's you know most most leagues have those uh, those trade deadlines coming up uh, in short order, like maybe this week or next, uh, depending on your league mm-hmm. settings. So if you are making a push, it is a great time to shore up that uh, that depth on the bench. Um, go trade for the handcuffs to your studs. Do whatever you got to do to make sure that. One injury is not going to ruin that championship push. Um, by now, you probably know if you're out of it in a league um, or you, you know, let me let me put it to you this way. If you think that you're on the cusp of making the playoffs, you're probably out of it unless you're going to make some pretty good God. trades to get to the top of the yeah. league. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be. Yep. John just straight up taking everyone's <laughs> hope and throwing it down the train. No, but there's <laughs> things that you can do to get better. So do it now. Make the trades now. Get the pieces necessary to be a real contending team going into the playoffs. And if you're way at the bottom, then look for those people that are buying and take advantage. Go get a whole bunch of young players for, you know, one stud that you have on your roster, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, uh, it's an interesting time in the fantasy landscape this time. Yeah, that's it's a great call because we had a show that we did over the summer. It was more of like a strategy type show, like how to approach dynasty for anyone that was new to it and we talked about you can't just be stuck in the middle like if you're in fifth or sixth place you're not going to win the league now of course if you make the playoffs everyone has a chance and all that stuff but statistically speaking your chances of actually winning and taking down that top team are very low so you need to decide today if you are going all in for this season or not and i faced that decision in several leagues i think one of which i play in with john and one of which i play in with okada so after this, we might need to talk some <laughs> trades, boys. We'll see. Ooh, but uh, are you guys, do your guys' leagues um, have trade deadlines for Dynasty? Because I know it's kind of a hot topic. Some do, some don't for the playoffs. What are your thoughts on both scenarios? 
I think it's pretty league dependent on what I want to do as far as rules. I do play in both uh, leagues with both options. If you got a bunch of guys and or girls that are very committed to Dynasty, experienced, um, know how to tank properly, but also aren't just, you know, shipping away every pick for the next five years for Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> then you are... You're okay to go no trade deadline <laughs> because you're not going to have any any wild league breaking stuff go down. But if you're in like a new dynasty league with a lot of redraft players or players who don't quite know what they're doing yet, I would keep the trade deadline there for at least a little while just to make sure there's no shenanigans. Yeah, I, I generally I like, like yeah. there to be a trade deadline, you know, right around now. We, week 11-ish, week 12. Um, that way... You know, you don't have shenanigans, as Okada so rightfully called them, going right into the playoff push. And then you can open it back up after the season and have the whole offseason where it's open to make trades and, and stuff like that if you want to. But yeah, generally, I, I want it to be kind of like a tight ship for the last, you know, six weeks of the fantasy football season uh, to make sure that it's just like crunch time. We're going for it. There's no kind of room for potentially dubious situations where someone you know gets deandre hopkins onto their team in week 14 going into the playoffs it's like come on like that's not that's not fair yep yeah my longest running dynasty league we close trades uh right after week 12 so essentially you have until the week 12 games kick off trading window closes for about a month after week 17 back open until the following yep. week 12 so that's that's how we do it i love that type of situation i am with you guys for sure just a reminder you can follow us on twitter at retrots ff pod if you want to support the team and the show patreon.com slash ball blast is the place to do it with extra content for you all there all right let's get into a couple injury updates i got great news guys are you guys fans of the office yes who is not Okay, I didn't want to ask a stupid question, but I just asked a stupid question. The scene where Michael is talking about uh, the vasectomy, where he <laughs> snip, says, snap, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap, snap, snap. <laughs> that is Christian McCaffrey in yeah. and out of our lineups this uh. year. He's first, he's in, then he's out, then he's in, now he's back out. Oh, Christian McCaffrey comes back from his high ankle sprain. It looks absolutely terrific. Looks like the old Christian McCaffrey, the 1.01 in Dynasty. And all of a sudden, he is out with a shoulder injury. That looks pretty serious. Now, uh, coaching staff called him day-to-day. I said there's no way that's even possible. We're looking at a potential EC joint injury here and potentially even an SC joint injury. So the joints that connect your collarbone, essentially. Regardless of what happens, he's getting a second opinion opinion as of today, actually on Wednesday. He's probably not going to play until week 13, week 14 at the earliest because they're on bye in week 13. So he should be out through that entire time frame. So Mike Davis, fellas. Let's talk about Mike Davis's trade value for a contender. If you know CMC is going to miss several weeks, maybe longer, I mean, is he worth a late first to give you the running back to push you over the top? Because when he's been in there, he has been so good. Uh, I single, don't think single quarterback, so. single quarterback league. I don't think so. Here's the thing. A, Mike Davis was so good early on filling in for Christian McCaffrey, and then he was not as good over the last right. several weeks. He kind of petered off a little bit. And this week they get the Buccaneers. So that's one whole week that's basically shot because they are 
horrific for running backs. Um, I expect he'll probably get enough volume to still be like a low-end RB2 maybe, but I'm not excited about starting him this week. I, I Yeah, I think maybe a second because he it looks like he could be a good handcuff for CMC maybe for even more than just this year, so that's always nice to have, but I don't think I could give him a first, no. Yeah, I don't know that I would do it, but if I have Mike Davis... I'm probably not going to want to let him go for anything less than that because you can point back to his role in that offense right now. Like that person that's contending, you know, sliding into your DMs like, hey, what's what's Mike Davis cost? Well, you start at a first. Maybe that gets you to a different landing spot, but you start at a first for those trade negotiations for sure. Maybe that person's like, you know what? I'm all in. Everything's in the middle of the table. I'm willing to give you that first to get Mike Davis because they think that he's you know, going to be a cog for that playoff run. Great. Fantastic. I'd be willing to do it for, you know, a second, but I think it would have to be like a second plus because that person that's coming to you in a contending roster is looking like a late second round draft pick, which is, you know, getting into some pretty serious dark throat mm. territory. So it would need to be like a second and then like maybe an extra piece, like a a young wide receiver that really hasn't done anything yet, like a Brian Edwards, like a Brian Edwards in a, in a second for, you know, Mike Davis for the playoff push, something like that. Yeah. And to be clear, this has to be for a team that like is definitely a top three team in the league needs a running back to put them over the top. It's tough, right? Because like Okada said, he was so good. He was a top five back for three weeks straight. And then all of a sudden he was like, meh, like a back end RB two. And that correlates with, Curtis Samuel's ascension in the offense. And we're going to talk about that in more detail later. I just want to get your ass temperature on Mike Davis, but I don't want to don't want to ruin the surprise. We're going to talk Panthers later today. Oh, another update. David Johnson, David Montgomery, both in concussion protocol. We'll see about this week. I doubt Uh, David Johnson plays. So Duke Johnson truthers. It is our time. Let's do this. David Montgomery on Monday Night Football. We'll see um, what they do. It could be Cordero Patterson season in the running back situation for the bears preston williams he is on short-term ir with a foot sprain fellas there's no preston williams for the foreseeable future isaiah ford is now out of town he is a new england patriot True. is it mike Kosicki season please say yes man it better be hey he had some catches um <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is better than he had been doing it's i would say it's Devonte yeah. parker season but it's Kasiki as maybe a starter, a back-end tight end one starter, instead of, I don't think I'm ever getting anything from this guy. He's staying on my bench until he proves something. So that's nice, at least. Yeah, like, it, it has to be, right? Like, if you're going to do it, now's the time. There's no one else competing for targets in that offense outside of Devontae Parker. Like, please, please, I'm begging you, show me something. Like, let's get something productive. Um... You know, they got a matchup against the Chargers this weekend that we're going to get into a little bit later. But, you know, that's a fairly soft secondary. It's exploitable for sure right now, especially with all their injuries. Um, Man, please, Gusecki, do something. Make yourself a red zone target. Something. Yeah, I thought it was really funny on the broadcast um, this past week. Mike Gusecki did not catch a touchdown pass in between the Cardinals and the Dolphins. And I think it was Durham Smythe was the it was first not, recipient of the touchdown. It was touchdown. not even Durham who Smythe. Was it? it was a receiver who looks like a tight yeah, end. Matt Mac, Collins. Yeah. Matt Collins, yes, exactly. 
And yeah. yeah, and and the announcer goes, Mike Kosicki with the touchdown reception. Yep. And, and I was so happy I started him in two leagues. And then he said, yeah, at the end, he was he didn't even say anything about it. He goes, oh, Matt Collins. Like, <laughs> so, yes, they just have a bunch of people that look like Mike Kosicki doing Mike Kosicki things, except Gosh, for the man himself, Mike Kosicki. However, I'm encouraged. Last week, we saw an uptick in his snap counts. He went from uh, 66 and 57 the two weeks prior to 70% uh, without Isaiah Ford in the lineup. So now we have Preston Williams with an injury. I'm optimistic that at least he's a buy-low candidate, in my opinion, in Dynasty. All right, fellas, running backs, some positive news. Coming back into the lineup, potentially, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake. Just wanted to put that on everyone's radar to watch for practice reports this week. We're recording this on Wednesday, so we don't have the full details as of yet. But let's move on to stock up, stock down. And I'm going to take the lead on this one, boys, because I'm just too excited to talk about our boy, Tua, in his first game. Okada called it last week. He said, we want to see what Tua does in his first real start where he has to actually do something. Because two <laughs> weeks ago, they just basically said, you know what? Don't worry about it, Tua. Like, the defense is going to score two touchdowns. We'll, yep. we'll return a kick for a touchdown. You just have to throw one and kind of hand the ball off, and the rest is history. But last week, guys, I mean, he looked great. 20 for 28, 248, and two through the air. But the thing that I'm most excited about is just how healthy did that hip look? I mean, explosive out of the pocket, ran a ton, um, looked good with his pocket awareness, which was kind of a knock on him, I think, coming out of Alabama. Like, sometimes people would say he held onto the ball too long, didn't know when to get rid of it, and, and all those sort of things. But I was impressed. He looked great. And it was just fun to see Tua and Kyler, you know, duking it out back and forth, which we could see for the next decade in the NFL. It's going to be a ton of fun. So what did you guys see with Tua uh, last week? I'm, I'm really excited about him. Yeah, pretty much everything you just said. Uh, when I said what I wanted to watch for last week, I saw exactly what I wanted to see from Tua. It was glorious. I mean, th this is my main takeaway, guys, from watching Tua last week. In a passing league, which we clearly are in now, given the quarterbacks and receivers out of this draft class, I think we might look back at this as one of the greatest draft mm. classes of all time. That, that is legitimately how I feel about this. Justin Herbert outperforming what anyone thought he would do. Joe Burrow looks like a perennial uh, top 10 legitimate quarterback. Tua now looks great. We haven't even gotten to some of the other rookie QBs that could maybe be something one day, like Jordan Love. Maybe, or Jake Luton. He, 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 yeah, he was talked about as maybe the next <laughs> Patrick Mahomes type guy, if anybody was that. Oh, God, I just said yeah to that. I mean, hey, he looked good. What, what am I, what am I going to say? It's true Luton, bro. Oregon State, um, stand up. But, and then, exactly. Yeah. And then and then all the wide receivers, <laughs> CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins. We haven't even seen Jerry much Judy. out of Jalen Rager. He could be great. Michael, Jerry Judy had a breakout game. Michael Pittman could still be good. This class is crazy. Yeah, it's nice. No, for sure. Tim, John, what do you see with Tua on tape? We don't talk about such yeah, things. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. No. Yeah, John, how are your dynasty teams doing with the running back situation? <laughs> Actually, very Woo! well. Thank you very much. Um, I went. Oh, good. So I'm, I have. Um, I have twenty-three uh, rosters on sleeper. Um, two of them are in full rebuild, so I'm not counting those Good two. Lord. Um, <laughs> last weekend of the 21 that I was actually like in a position of trying to win in, I went 16 of 21. 
in the win column. So as a as a nice little weekend. Yeah, that'll play. That'll um, play. But yeah, about Tua. Play. Man, I loved what we saw. He looked like the prospect Tua that we were so excited about as a group. He was our rookie quarterback one coming out, and he showed it. He looks like he was making good decisions. Um, his downfield passing looked really solid to me. I, I loved his escapability. He had a couple maneuvers in there in a collapsing pocket where you're like, whoa, that's some, that's some top-level you know, athleticism. And again, to your point, that's on the health standpoint. The trust that he has in his legs right now to feel like he can do those things is really, really encouraging. Um, Okada gave his big takeaway on it. My big takeaway on it is that Brian Flores made the best decision for his football team. I think that it was the right call to move forward for with sure. Tua. They're clearly impressed by what they've seen in practice. The team has rallied around him. They love him. They're playing hard for him. And they're in a position to make the playoffs and potentially make a little bit of noise with a very strong defense, a very exciting young quarterback, um, a surprising running back group when Gaskins is there healthy. Um, they could they could be dangerous in the playoffs. They could at least give some people a scare, maybe win, maybe win a game in the playoffs. I think that it's possible that they, that they pull that off. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Okada, over to you, man. What'd you see? All right, I am going with a... Former recently rookie quarterback, that is going to be Drew Locke. Uh, listen, it was against the Falcons. Massive grain so of salt. It's, you got to take it with a, a yes, big fat grain of salt. But 313 passing yards, two touchdowns through the air, plus 47 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground, which was pretty nice and slightly unexpected. And... Yes, it was against the Falcons, so you're not saying, oh my goodness, this is a massive breakout game with Holy Mackerel. But what you are saying is, he had a great game against a defense that he should have a great game against, and that just makes you feel good and a little bit confident. That's that's two straight games with 19-plus fantasy points. Jerry Judy, like we mentioned earlier, finally had his breakout game. Oh, 125 yeah. yards, I want to say. Um KJ Hamler looks good, and this is all without Cortland Sutton even being there. Noah Fant has been good all season. So what we were talking about, or what we actually tried to pour a little water on, and to be fair, he has not been great all season, Locke that is, but the big offseason hype was the Broncos have put together a crazy good cast of weaponry. Cast of weaponry, is that a thing? Um, you could probably just say cast. Yeah, supporting cast. Yeah. Yes, cast of characters. Yes, yeah. armory of weapons. Wearing we armor. Either of those two. Cast of, two, I cast of armed weaponry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, and we said, listen, it's probably not going to happen certainly early in the year for Locke, maybe towards the end of the year, but it's more of a next season type of thing. We're seeing it start to come together now already. Coral Sight comes back next year. Drew Locke is trending in the right direction. I'm not saying he's a QB1 for Dynasty yet, but he is trending in the right direction, which is all we can really ask for. So I'm happy about that. If you've been holding on to him on your Dynasty rosters, you're feeling very good about him right Dynasty now. Dynasty stock as of right now. Uh, Drew Locke or Kirk Cousins? Drew Locke. <sighs> that is an interesting one. Probably Drew Locke just because Cousins yeah. has no upside. Zero, literally zero upside. Like literally he's like quarterback none. twenty to twenty four <laughs> yeah. every week. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with what you're saying. Um, he's pointing in the right direction, which you know is exciting for Denver fans. Maybe 
Uh, it'll settle the nerves on John Elway, and he doesn't feel like he actually has to go sign another quarterback every single season. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I agree. We talked about it after the NFL draft. Boy, are they doing everything they can to give this kid the chance. Like, there's going to be no excuses. If he, if he fails, it is on him because he has one of the best cast of armory or whatever we're saying uh, in the NFL. Like, <laughs> no hyperbole. It's probably a top five to seven group all in all in terms of the the, the talent that he has around him. So, you know, you, yep. you love to see him uh, do what he's supposed to do against a really subpar defense, like you said. And, and we'll see if he continues that down the stretch run here to give a little bit of optimism to not only his fantasy value, but that offense as a whole and all the dynasty assets included in there going into next season. Yeah, it is really intriguing. And I think the thing that I was so hesitant about with Drew Locke was just like everyone last offseason was just assuming he's a top 15 guy. And I wanted to be like, hey, guys, we've literally seen him do nothing. Like, let's just pump the brakes and see. And we're seeing some encouraging things. So I agree the stock is up. I'm just not convinced yet Mm -hmm. that this is the norm because, like you said, Okada, the matchups were literally like I would roll you out there, Okada, (laughs) and feel pretty confident about it as a quarterback. So I want to see what he does. He has a couple... Uh, tough matchups coming up. That'll be really intriguing to see. The Raiders this week are easy, but then you guys, the Dolphins are a good secondary. The Saints, um, Kansas City is not, you know, they're not going to scare you, but they're yep. better than the Falcons and the Chargers. So we'll see what he does for the next few weeks, but I agree. It's definitely encouraging for Drew Locke. I would like to state for the record that I had an aunt that played quarterback in professional women's football league. So wow. it runs in my blood. Okay. What? Yes. We're not, we can't yes. just... Like, say that and move on. Like, what is this league? Yes, there's a professional women's football league. She played for the Los Angeles Amazons. (laughs) She actually played quarterback, kicker, and safety, I want to say. Because you have to play everything. Basically, the way that it works in this professional women's football league is the entire offensive and defensive line is Samoan women who are terrifying. And then everybody else is athletic gadget players. But... Is this tackle football? Wow. Yes, pads and everything. Full hits. Oh, Lord. She got, like, knocked out once at a game I was at. Wow, was that is intense. quite the uh, the backstory <laughs> that we were not aware of. That's, yeah. I, I'm going to need more stories out of that. Um, anyways, I'll just steal. Yeah, we'll have her on uh, as a guest sometime. Let's do that. that. stories. Um, I'll just take the segue into my stock up player. Um which is very interesting, and it's a it's a it's a trending in the right direction. A la Drew Locke. It's not a screaming from the rooftops that you need to clamor and go get this player. It's it's not quite that. However, what we saw out of a New York Jets wide receiver, Brashad Perryman, was very interesting Whoa. to me. We saw him come on in a huge way for Tampa Bay down the stretch last year, and what did he excel at? It was the deep ball. He was very very good on the deep passes from Jameis Winston, who had no qualms throwing the ball anywhere, anytime. And Perriman benefited from that. This last week, we finally saw a big game out of a New York Jets wide receiver not named Jamison Crowder, and it was on the deep ball. He had a long of 50. Uh, he had five receptions on seven targets for 101 yards and two touchdowns. Joe Flacco seemingly had a little bit of confidence against a Bill Belichick secondary and felt like he could target Perriman deep. And to me, I wouldn't go try to scramble and buy right now coming off the two touchdown game. But 
put that one in your back pocket for maybe the off season. Cause if the trade deadline is going to come up in your league here this week or next, like just simmering, get through the year, but then maybe going into the off season before we start getting to like all of the NFL draft hype and around what quarterback is going to take over for the jets and likely Trevor Lawrence, if he declares, um, if they get a better quarterback there, which is not hard to do compared to the quarterback play that we've been seeing, um, Rashad Perryman could be a very, very Savage. interesting target as someone who provides that deep threat, has you know some upside. He's 27, so he's not crazy old. He's not crazy young. Like it feels like he's way older than he is, but he's only like six months older than Calvin Ridley, and everyone wants to deem Calvin Ridley the next young hotness. So. Anyways, I'm, I'm confident that Rashad Perryman, you can get him for cheap. Like, you might get him for a third, and that would probably get it done. Um, and he's someone that has, I think, some upside going into an offense that should be getting better because we all know that they have to have a new coach next year, right? Like, it can't be running it back with Adam Gase. It just can't. <laughs> week still 10 employed. still employed oh my gosh so it's yeah he's interesting to me in terms of what he brings to to an offense as a deep threat we know that they have Jameson Crowder the possession wide receiver in the short to intermediate so having that combo um, and then a Denzel Mims as well to continue to grow on the other side that offense should hopefully theoretically be trending in the right direction next year we shall okay. see so I I just have to I just have to respond with this. This depends entirely on what happens with Adam Gase, in my opinion. So my question is, what is the confidence level that he gets fired? No, no, because I already have ten. You know my theory. Oh and nine. You know my theory. We've already garbage. talked about it. They are fully confident. I'm pretty sure our theory well, was he would get after fired. After about already. week seven, I went, Oh, you sneaky jets. You are so confident in him running you into the ground to get the number one overall pick that you're just going to let him do it. You're going to let, you're just going to let the fire burn in, in New Jersey until they get the number one overall draft pick locked up and then say, Hey, thanks so much for getting us Trevor Lawrence. Now we're going to have the shiny new take quarterback and give him uh, a enemy or something like that at a, so, yeah, I mean, Trevor oh. Lawrence-led offense with Eric Bieniemy, and suddenly the fortunes are starting to turn around there. I think that, honestly, they're just letting Gase loose. I honestly think that that's what's happening right now. Okay, so here's the thing. The Monday Night Football broadcast touched on this, actually, and I hadn't even put it together, but uh, Gase helped Joe Douglas get his job as GM, which maybe put some pressure on him to not fire Gase, I agree that it's working well to get the first overall pick, but Adam Gase, more than anyone in the league, has managed to keep a job when he shouldn't. So I'm really getting concerned that he's going to stay the coach, and if he does, A, it means no regime change, which means it's less likely they draft a quarterback to replace Darnold, and B, he is the ultimate dink and dunk douchebag, and when Darnold comes back, (laughs) I think he goes back to doing that. I think Joe Flacco was ultra-confident, Veteran QB kind of just overruled what Gase wants to do and did his thing this last week. And so it worked great for Perryman. But if Gase doesn't go, I hate this team. And I'm concerned well, say, about Perryman. That's why so, I'm saying I'm fine giving a third. Well, I'm confident he goes confident and I'm fine giving a third. I'm not going out investing a whole lot into this okay. New York Jets offense. But I do think that he goes like you can't keep losing for that okay. long 
and not go like we were having the same conversations <laughs> in our heads. And I think before we even all knew each other about Hugh Jackson and the Browns, right? It was like, when is this dude going to get fired? Like yep. it's got to happen eventually. It is going to happen time. eventually for Adam Gates. Quarter, coaches just don't last right. that long, especially putting up a bagel like he is right now. So I think he's got to go. Hmm. I agree. And but the other thing too is just like, you know, New York is such a yeah, like a, a sports crazed city mm. and the Jets have been so bad for so long. It's like, come on, man. You've got to bring in a bigger name, someone that has more upside, someone that has more appeal to the fan base. The, the way they handled the Jamal Adams mm-hmm. situation was absolutely atrocious. Thanks, um, by the way. So, yeah, there's red flags everywhere. But, yeah, <laughs> back to uh, Perryman. He isn't an unrestricted free agent oh, after the season. See, he only signed thought, a one-year deal, six and a half mil with Actually, the Jets. Right, so he could be anywhere. anywhere. Um, but to me, if someone wants to take him off my hands, gladly. come. To, I'll take sure. a third. I'll, I mean, he's been in the league for how many years? He's done what for how long? Like, He might be back with the Jets because the market for him, I assume, is not going to be that hot. Everyone thought it was going to be so hot this last offseason, right. and no one wanted him. So if I can sell, I am, but it's at least encouraging to see something on the Jets' offense. <laughs> Um, I was forced in a redraft league, Superflex league, to start Joe Flacco because, nice. I mean, I just have so many injuries. What a That's night, huh? Yeah. 26 points? You'll take it. There you go, Joe. <laughs> the, the oh, new, Lord, 2020. What Joe, a year. <laughs> oh, maybe. Fellas, we're going to move on to stock down in just a second, but I want to stop from for a live read from one of our sponsors. That is Thrive Fantasy. Listen, the, the NFL season is coming to a close sooner than I would like it to, which means we need to start making money on the NFL now. And the way you're going to do it is Thrive Fantasy. Find it in your app store on Android or iOS. When you download the app, enter the code BALLBLAST, and when you sign up, you're going to receive an instant deposit match of up to $50. That is full free. And what Thrive Fantasy is, basically it's DFS plus player props betting. Tons of fun. I've had a ton of fun doing it. I think John's yep. been on it a little bit Made as well. Made some money on that new um, So, game. John, share the, share the success yeah. story. Yeah. There you go. Nice. So, it's, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, you needed, needed what, 16 yards I needed, yeah, from James White? 16 receiving yards. No, 26. It got down to the point that going into the fourth quarter, I needed 16 more receiving yards. Um, on the on his very last catch with like under a minute left in the fourth quarter, he beat the prop by by half a yard. So nice. I got a, a three prop <laughs> parlay go. turned nice. seven bucks into forty seven and called it a night. Nice. That'll work. If you want to be like John and have a ton of money, go to thrivefantasy.com, <laughs> check it out. Enter the code ball blast, you're gonna get fifty dollars for free when you deposit. All right, boys, stock down sadness is coming i'm gonna start what is going on with mark andrews i mean the last three weeks ppr points Uh, here we go 4.1 5.2 6.2 this is a player last year who was winning people leagues at the tight end position while also not playing that many snaps right he was on the field for like 45 percent of the snaps last year was injured was still just balling out and was doing insane things and in the first part of the season, he was averaging 68.2% of the snaps, which is great. He's on the field a ton, but the last three, the trend is not good. 51%, 62%, 59%, and Lamar Jackson hasn't thrown for more than 210 yards since week one. Mm. Guys, that was in September. I don't even remember what was happening in week one. That's how long ago it was when Lamar Jackson was actually doing things with his arm. 
what do we make of the entire offense? Because for a while, I just kept saying, oh, it's going to bounce back. It's going to bounce back. J.K. Dobbins is going to smash these next two weeks with the lead role. Lamar is going to get back on track. Marquise Brown's going to get a bunch of deep targets. Like, what, what are you guys seeing out there? Because I can't really put my finger on it, but I know for sure I am getting quite worried about Mark Andrews where I have him. Uh, I honestly don't know. I mean, this is tough. The only thing I can say is we knew Lamar Jackson was going to regress as a passer because he had the highest touchdown rate in human history last year. And a lot of that went to Mark Andrews, by the way. Uh, and so we knew that was going to come down. And he, it has. He is still a decent rush. I mean, not decent. He's still an elite rusher. Uh, so he's like maintaining QB1 status. Barely, by the way. I think he's the QB12. But the passing is simply not there. And without those touchdowns particularly, Mark Andrews' value is simply not there. This defense is great. And they're still managing to win games by running the ball. So... It's really rough. You still have to keep starting him, I feel like, pretty much every week. So I don't know what to do. But yeah, yeah I mean, the tight end time. position is just such a wasteland that it's like, what are you going to like? What are you going to go out and, and get that is going to give you higher upside theoretically than what you would expect out of Mark Andrews? But it's tough. This is the 31st ranked passing offense in the NFL. That's second to last. It's not great, Bob. So this entire team, from a fantasy perspective, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Um, this entire offense, from a fantasy perspective, is like big yikes. You don't have a lead running back that you can count on to give you solid running back production. You're not getting anything out of the passing game. Lamar is a fringe guy that if you were in a redraft league or paid up for him in the offseason or, or whatever it is, you're counting on him being a top two guy. Top two, theoretically top one. And right now, he's a fringe quarterback one. Yep. Like, right now, I'm not optimistic. And I feel like we talked about it in the offseason. We saw the regression coming just because it was such an outlandish year, statistically, in so many different ways that Lamar Jackson did. And we told people regression is coming. Defensive coordinators are good at their jobs. They will watch the film. They will figure out a way to change this. And they did because they are taking away the middle of the field, Mark Andrews, and making Lamar Jackson try to throw to the outsides, which he's bad at doing. So they figured out the way to slow him down. And I'm very, very scared this year and from a dynasty perspective about Lamar Jackson in particular, who is the, you know, cog to unleashing Mark Andrews. I'm very worried about both of them. What would you do if you were in a league and the, the manager that was in playoff contention had Mark Andrews? Would you try to scoop him up off of him? Give him like a veteran and a pick or something? Like a Jared Cook? Uh, that's not even enough. Like who? You'd probably have to do a Jared Cook in a first. Well, yeah, honest, for in a sure. single quarterback league, but I would you make that move? I Cook in a first would do it. Um, probably, I don't know. <laughs> probably. <laughs> cool, good talk. Yeah, this, I mean, it's this tough. is such I'm, a hard I'm one. I'm not actively buying. Um, yeah. Agree. I think it's really? kind of just a wait and see Right, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I have a few shares of him. I'm not selling. I'm just going to wait it out and see Same. what the beginning of next year looks like. Um. And in the leagues that I don't have him, 
I don't really know that I'm interested in buying because the name value right now is tied to him being a top three tight end. And I don't know if I'm going to get a return on that. So yep. if you have them, hold them. Yep. If you don't, don't. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of where I'm at with Mark Andrews right now. <laughs> great advice there. If you have them, great. And if you don't, <laughs> exactly. great. <laughs> no, I, I definitely hear what you guys are saying though. Cause it's tough. Like I, I want to believe in what we saw last year as not being a fluke with how good he looked and his advanced metrics were great. But I think, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves. Like I voiced concerns in the offseason. I said, listen, everyone, like I know Lamar Jackson was great for fantasy, but I'm still oh, not, not sure that he's a great passer. Like I wasn't saying he wasn't. Well, I wasn't saying he is. I just said, we don't the, know. No, he is not. And I think. Yeah. Average passer. Yeah. And now we're seeing that maybe that's the truth. And this team's best chance to win on offense yeah. is to have Lamar Jackson run the football. I mean, he's the best rushing quarterback. Yeah, well, maybe sir. Murray, uh, yeah, buddy. In the NFL, at least top two. And that's his skill set. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried that maybe this offense, who's a great offensive staff, says, you know what? Running Lamar is the best way to do it. I know we wanted to hold him back and keep him healthy, but we're trying to win a Super Bowl, and that's the best way to do it. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a little worried about the Ravens pass catchers for sure. All right, this next one, Okada, makes me very, very sad, but tell me whose stock is down. All right, sorry. I just was uh, trying to navigate the pristine auction because I realized I needed to buy a Calibre jersey. Because <laughs> How'd that go? What's, so what's the price point? Uh, what's the price point? Side, you got to pay up for it, dude. I, haven't, I, I didn't get far I'll enough tell to you find what, out, but I'll I'm sure it's over you talk, okay. All right, guys. Yes, thank you. Please do the research. Um. Do you guys know what the D and J and DJ Moore stands for? Don't jump to conclusions. Anybody? Oh, I feel like you have a funny joke made up. Doo-doo jeans! Because he has been pooping <laughs> his pants. And I am so oh, my done. Lord. Oh, my Okada's, Lord. Listen. Okada Did that 10. just happen? Okada yes. is 10 years old. DJ Moore. DJ <laughs> He had this little mid-season upswing. I feel like he might have even been in a stock up on one of our previous pods during that upswing. But he has swung back down two straight games in single digits. He's had single digits in five of nine games this season. Fewer than seven targets in all but three games. And fewer than seven targets in six of his last seven games. And the primary reason we mentioned earlier, Curtis Samuel is playing good, great football and getting touches, not only as a receiver, but as a rusher. And Robbie Anderson had his some wild breakout at the beginning of the season. Well, I'll tell you what it was. It was the escape Mm -hmm. Adam Gase breakout. Yes. Uh, He has kind of come down to earth a little bit along with DJ Moore as Curtis Samuel has risen up. But the main problem is that we were coming into this season expecting DJ Moore to be the elite wide receiver one for this team with Curtis Samuel being a gadget guy and Robbie Anderson being a deep threat that was, you know, inconsistently good. And Christian McCaffrey, of course, ruling from out of of the backfield as a pass catcher. Uh, Most of DJ Moore's struggles have not even been with Christian McCaffrey there. So just add that to the mix. Now you have a team that is playing better. So they're losing less, which means less targets overall. And you have Christian McCaffrey taking up more of those targets. It is a cluster. The Joe Brady offense is working in general, but it involves a lot of fun stuff with Curtis Samuel, spreading the ball around, short dink and dunk type stuff, and it's just not using DJ Moore the way that we hoped and thought that he could be used. 
He is not a wide receiver one for me anymore in Dynasty. I don't... I'm not confident that he's a wide receiver two for me anymore in Dynasty. He is falling out of that range. For this season, I don't know if he's a wide receiver three that I can rely on. It, it's just too inconsistent. And even the bigger, the, the good games have not been boom games. They've been like 17 pointers. And then the, the down games have been seven. I don't think last week was like four. So, uh, it is sad, ugly, yeah, and I don't it see it getting terrifying. better anytime soon. Um, because it's not a skill set thing. It's usage. It's scheme. It is what does this coaching staff, what do they want to go to? What do they want to design? Who do they want to get that ball into the hands of? And that is Curtis Samuel. They are designing gadget plays and a lot of them to create and successful to create space for Curtis Samuel to operate. That is like what their passing game is predicated on right now. And then some deep shots to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore is just like the odd man out right now in this offensive game plan. And that sucks because we all love his talent. We love what we saw last year. We thought there was a possibility. Do you remember us saying that we thought DJ Moore had a chance at leading the NFL in targets this season because what is Teddy B? Yep. Teddy B is a facilitator I do remember that. that is going to distribute the ball quick and timely. Yep. And that is exactly what they're having him do. Just not to DJ Moore. They're designing <laughs> Curtis Samuel. Open. Their roles have like kind of flip-flopped from what I thought they were going to be. And uh, it's, it's terrifying. I don't know what you do. If you have him, you just got to hold out hope that next year is a bounce back that they decide to scheme it better. Um, but I don't know that I have any interest in trying to go buy him right now based on what we're seeing from the philosophy and the game plan of this offense. Now, granted, I say that after just making a trade where I acquired DJ Moore, but DJ Moore was almost like a throw in in the trade. And I'm like, okay, I got a boatload of draft picks in this trade. I sold, yeah, I sold DK Metcalf to Michelle because she literally texted me. She, Oh yeah, that was a huge. But she texted me and she's like, "I will give you anything for DK Metcalf." I got, (laughs) I got. What was that? Is the trade? Twenty twenty-one first. The proper price. A twenty twenty-second first. A twenty twenty-one third and DJ Moore Mm -hmm. for DK Metcalf. And at that value, I was like, "I love you." Shed a shed a tear. So long, sweet prince. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'll see you again. And that, that was basically Yeah. It. Oh, by the way, a black Kyler Murray uh, autograph Football. jersey right now is 157.50. Oh my gosh, I'm smashing. <laughs> oh shoot. I'm gonna find that right it. now. Bet you can talk. Yes. Uh, football is a funny sport because if you would have told me about that trade literally like six yeah. weeks ago, I'd be like, what why? Like that is insane. But things change very quickly and rapidly, and you have to adjust to market value i will say if dj moore's value is that low in the perception of other people i'll be buying he's still a first round draft pick it's only his third year in the nfl we still believe in the offensive scheme i'm not willing to throw in the towel yet on a guy like dj moore yeah but i mean we've just seen enough upside previously that i still believe the talent is there but maybe it's just the usage and maybe it's just the scheme that it won't shake but i'm willing to find out I'll, i'll trade for him if i can at a reasonable price. So he's one of my buy low targets. Uh, this would you give up season. first? Either. Single quarterback or super flex? Super flex. 
Superflex, no. One quarterback, probably a late first if I was a playoff team this year. Not to not to start, but just knowing it's going to be a late first. Yeah, I don't even think I could do that. Yeah, it's rough. Maybe but I think that that might be viable. Like if so, if you have him and someone would take offer that, I would absolutely. By the way, bets. So. Feel free to send me a first for sure. DJ Moore in that yeah. league. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, two or three weeks ago, John texted me a screenshot of uh, DJ Moore in a first in a superflex league for Joe Burrow, and he knows how I much I love DJ him. Moore. So I looked I at it. Almost had him. Seems fair. Oh, but then I looked at my team and my roster construction. And I was like, I gotta, oh. I need to keep Joe Burrow. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is my QB two in that league. However, yeah. he is the quarterback. Let's go, Teddy. On the we got season. that one right. Let's, Let's go, go, Teddy. We're gonna you like. Use the skill players a little bit off, yep. but we're we're very happy for uh, for Teddy's ascension. Exactly. All right, Sean. I'm going you, man. to go Stock down. with you got? Uh, DK Metcalf's counterpart in that offense, Tyler Lockett. Shocking. So when you look at Tyler Lockett's year, he has two massive games. Massive. The one absolute ridiculous game against Arizona where he put up 200 yards and three touchdowns uh, in oh, this is standard scoring. Let me adjust this to uh, to half so that I can get the correct thing. Thank you. Oh, 45 and a half uh, 45 and a half points in that one. He had a game against <laughs> Dallas who's the worst defense in the history of ever uh, where he put up 32 and a half points and outside of that since the Dallas game, other than the Arizona game, it's been 4.9, 6.4 by week. Massive Arizona game, 5.3 and 6.0. That's it. Oh, His reception total on the year right hurts. now is at 53. So you're looking at this and going, okay, he might be like an on pace for, air quotes, for about 100 receptions on the year. But... The Dallas game and the Arizona game were 24 of his 53 receptions. (laughs) Outside of that, outside of the boom games, and the thing is, is he does have that ceiling because he is tied to Russell Wilson. But DK Metcalf has taken over as the alpha wide receiver on this team, which I was screaming all offseason and you buffoons told me no, but I was right. And that has happened. He's the dog. He's the dude. Uh, Tyler Lockett is going to be a massive boom bust, it looks like, for the rest of this year. And that might be his role going forward in this offense into next season as well. So he's basically what we thought Robbie Anderson was going to be this year. Essentially, is basically what he looks like right now. Mm. Wow. That is savage. It's a lot, apparently a lot to digest. Um. I guess the question is because of how he's perceived in general, because of those games, are you, if you have him, are you looking to sell now and capitalize with, you know, you can probably get more than a first pretty easily for Tyler Lockett. Bets, thoughts, feelings. You could get more than a first. Yeah. I would expect. Yeah. But if he's going to be a Robbie Anderson player who's having 6.6.6 points, 50 points, 5.4 points, 3 points. That sounds like actually a good deal. Maybe. I don't know, man. That's tough because you're selling a player on a downswing, right? Or I should say, yeah, selling a player on a downswing. You are. In that case, I want to be buying a player in that situation. We lost John. He'll be back in a second. Um, 
to me, Check. I am going to be buying Tyler Lockett. Yeah, well, if you're on YouTube, we apologize. We, we're <laughs> amateurs of this. Hold on, John's okay, back. Wait that. for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Headphone problems. There he is. I could. If I couldn't, no, I couldn't handle it. You I just couldn't handle, handle the. What uh, I got last was Okada the sadness saying, of Tyler Lockett. So the I get question it. is, and then my headphones died. So what's the question? <laughs> the question is, if so, uh, because of how he's perceived, if you can oh, sell absolutely. him for a, a first if plus, I can sell him for that, I'm do, are you doing it, it now? Hundred percent. All right. Was Depends on the situation for me. I mean, listen. Th- this is the reality. Like, you're buying a or you're selling a player when their their value is the lowest. Sure. I'm waiting if I want to get out yeah. from him for the next spike week, um, which it, is going to happen mm, eventually, right? That's true. And then you do it. That's a good but point. I'm also not willing to to trade him away yet because I know DK Metcalf is the one. I'm not arguing that. But I think we have to understand that maybe this is a type of player who is still valuable in your roster. Like you want to have a wide receiver two or sure. three in your lineup that can literally win you a week. And if people are worried, I'll take Tyler Lockett. Like, and I'm not relying on him to be my alpha one for four years. I'm relying on him to be a my wide receiver two slash three for the next two years. And with Russell matches. Wilson, that works. So for sure. And the other thing, too, is like this stat line looks awful last week. The reality is he was tackled at the one-yard line and barely missed that deep bomb in the corner to Tyler Lockett. So if those two things hit, he has a two-touchdown game, and no one's talking about selling Tyler Lockett. So I'm not willing to give throw in the towel quite week, yet. He's got, he's he's got, got a juicy, Rams juicy schedule week, coming up. I mean, you look at these matchups for both these guys. Oh, he'll be fine against the Rams. He'll be fine against the Rams, right? Because DK will see Jalen Ramsey, but it doesn't That's matter because DK is matchup proof. But then you get, you know, the Cardinals, they're okay. The Eagles, the Giants, the Jets, Washington, the Rams again in week 16. Like, there's a mm. lot of decent matchups in there. So, I don't know. I think I'm buying Tyler Lockett. Hmm. 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 Maybe not. I'm not paying. I'm not paying a first and plus I think, for him. I, I think that I your perception pay- of the downswing is not. I think that people see him as better than than that downswing. Because of how big his games have been, but I guess it depends yeah, on how savvy your league owner is, or your your, your the right. manager that you're, that has him is. Because if he listens to the Redshirts pod, you're he's gonna realize that the stock is down and you're not gonna get the right price. But if <laughs> right. he doesn't, then <laughs> go for it. Mm. Fair enough. But I agree, DK Metcalf, my lord. Um, I just want to say I put this out there right before kickoff because I had a lot of DFS questions that were like, everyone's saying play Tyler Can I play DK Metcalf? Literally, the matchup does not matter. You can play True. him against Jalen Ramsey. You can play him against Tredavious White, as we saw it last week. You can matter. play him against anyone you want. Woo! The answer is yes. You can play him against prime Deion Sanders. My pants just got tight. Okay. And I will take that the was, uh, Probably. That was some serious. Probably. I don't know. Talk Maybe not. Deion Sanders is absolutely incredible. But yeah. Metcalf can body anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, let's move on <laughs> to week 10. What are we looking for this week, guys? I'll start. It is Josh Jacobs, and the stat lines don't look too bad. He's had a couple of RB1 weeks in a row, which is great. He's still getting all the goal line work, so I'm not in full panic mode, but there's a trend that's happening that I'm not sure I like. In the first four games, he saw 81%, 79%, 80%, and 75% of the running back carries. The last four weeks, 64%, 45%, 76%, 58%, and he has literally played zero snaps last week. In a two-minute situ- two drill situ- type of situation over the past mm. four games. 
Yikes. Why won't they use him in the passing game? He's very good at it. Great I'm just question. not convinced that they know what they're doing. They seem hellbent on giving Devontae Booker work and Jalen Richard work and all these guys. So I think our perception of what Jake Josh Jacobs can be <laughs> might just be capped by this coaching staff being a bunch of idiots. So <laughs> I just want to see him catch the football. That's all I want. Yeah. Good luck seeing that. Because, uh, yeah, I don't understand. It's like every once in a while we'll say, I know that we are just fantasy players and not hired to be professional football coaches, but we are smarter than professional football co- coaches because we, we all know that Josh Jacobs can catch passes. It is not hard to watch his college shape. You did it in order to draft I him. don't either. Um, it doesn't I make any understand. sense to me at all. And Poo-poo. boy, if that wasn't yeah. the crown jewel of off-season coach speak that we were going to get Josh Jacobs involved in the passing game, and that's going to elevate him to a, a <laughs> high-end RB1 status. If he can if he can get the passing work like John Gruden is saying he's going to because he's upset that he didn't win the Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. And it has not happened. Yeah, and I think it's a good learning opportunity too, right? Like, you just trust what teams do. What do they do? They signed Jalen Richard to an extension. Yeah. They signed Devontae Booker the second they could. They brought in Theo Riddick, I and think then, it was, um, when he got cut. And then and who, who did they? Yeah, it was just like random dudes that are pass catchers, and they're like, you know what? Miami. Sorry, was, Josh, you're going to run the ball in first and second down. Yeah. Yeah. So they even went out and like drafted Lynn a guy yeah, yeah. back and then decided yep. to like trade him yep. two months later, which was weird. For, for a less pick than they used to get him. Who knows why uh, that, yeah. And anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, oh, I just want to see what happens there at the running back situation because he was dominating touches earlier in the year and things have definitely cooled off. So we will see. Okada, what are you looking for here in week 10? Uh, I'm taking a pretty much a whole game, as is my style. As per usual. Um, But the primary two players I'm watching, assuming one of them is even in the game, are James Conner and a, a guy in a very similar sort of situation to Josh Jacobs, which is Joe Mixon, who is an incredible receiving back, better even than Jacobs, that we were hoping would get receiving work this year and hasn't really gotten it. And he's coming off injury, so we don't actually he didn't know practice play. Today. Maybe, Beth, you have a thought about that before I continue with the soliloquy. For He did not. Yeah, Joe Mixon was off to the side working with trainers, so it's kind of remains to be Iffy. seen. But coming out of the bye... Uh, if he's not practicing on Wednesday or Thursday, like it's kind of concerning. So you have to see what happens later in the week. But as of now, I'm not I'm not sure. Okay, so keep an eye on that. If he plays, it's going to be against a very, very tough Pittsburgh Steelers matchup. So that is hard. Uh, similar to how you're watching Jacobs, I'm watching Mixon. I want, to, I want to see what he does in a tough matchup like this if he plays. If he doesn't, all my eyes are going to be on James yeah. Conner. Uh, Big yikes. Wow, was he a disappointment last week in a great matchup was straight doo-doo butter. Here's the thing, though. Last two weeks, the Steelers have inexplicably gotten behind. Well, two weeks ago, it was against the Ravens, so that was more understandable. Last week was not (laughs) understandable at all. Yeah. What was that against Garrett Gilbert? Um, But because of that, the the running back snaps and touches have just evaporated. And so last week, it was like 35 total snaps, I think, for the running backs. It was just horrific. And Connor has has been not great as a result. They're playing the Bengals mm-hmm. this week. They've beaten the Bengals nine straight times. 
This is a Patriots versus Jets type of situation. Two of those wins were last season under Mason Rudolph. So even if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play, which is possible, he's battling knee injuries and is in COVID tracing uh, mess situation. Even if Roethlisberger doesn't play, I think that the Steelers will win. And if Roethlisberger doesn't play and it's Rudolph, that means they probably have to rely on Connor even more than they would with Roethlisberger. And if Roethlisberger does play but is not full strength, you're still relying on Connor more than you would otherwise. So every single sign points to James Connor being good this week, which was also the case last week, and we were disappointed. So I need to see him bounce back here. He is my start of the week. Um, I am starting him myself in multiple leagues. I'm expecting an RB1 finish. If Mooey I don't get it, I am upset. going to be mooey yes. upset. <laughs> I can, can confirm, confirm that he was not good last <laughs> week because I played him in like 90% of my DFS lineups. Yep. That there was you. sad. But I'm um, yeah, going back to the um, well this week. So I'm with you, am very John, what are you watching for here Just in like week last 10? week, how we had a really, really good... Uh, quarterback matchup with Tua playing against Kyler. Back-to-back weeks, we get a really fun matchup where we're going to get to see Justin Herbert and and Tua Tungabailoa on the same field. So you have two of the top three rookie quarterbacks drafted. Herbert has been absolutely phenomenal. The the heartbreaking losses in back-to-back weeks just suck, and and it's not Herbert's fault. Like, the dude's been playing very well. He had two consecutive fades into the end zone for a chance to win it at the end of the game. And both throws were perfect. Perfect fade. Dimes. Perfect. One to Mike Williams. And then Couldn't have thrown it better. you go to freaking yep. Donnie Parham Jr., your third string tight end for the game winner. I don't know why you go that route. <laughs> Classic play calling. Yeah, that's um, classic. That's the real classic talking point. Like, how egregious right is that? <laughs> oh boy. Why do offenses love the corner feed? Like I it doesn't work that often. That gets off the line the better than anyone else. Let Keenan Allen shake some guy out of his shoes, hit him on a quick, quick slant into the end zone. Game's over. I was waiting for that down there in the red zone both times. And they just Back. kept drawing up the freaking corner fade. I, I'm sick of Anthony Lynn Jr. losing these games. It, it just drives me absolutely nuts. But it is not Herbert's fault. He's balling. He looks real. And then we're going to get to see Tua on the other side as well, coming off of a really good game for him. So this is going to be very fun to just watch the two of these young quarterbacks who both we think are the makings of franchise guys. We're going to see them uh, on their respective teams for, for quite a while to come. It's going to be fun to, to see this one and see how it checks out and see if Miami can continue to solidify their case for the postseason. They're five and three right now. You get up to six and three, start knocking on those, you know, doors there of looking like a 10 and six team uh, by the time this is all said and done. So I'm, uh, I'm very interested to see how Miami responds to this one. It will be very intriguing. I just want to give a personal shout-out to Anthony Lynn for that play call because Okada and I on the betting show, which you can also find on our oh. channel, called Raiders. That was one of Okada's favorite bets, and I said, you know what? Okada's a smart guy. He knows football. I'll go with him. So I was I was in a full sweat on the last minute of the game there. So thank you, yep. Anthony Lynn. I will send you a thank you check in the mail. Uh, yeah, man, just stop throwing the corner fade, but I'm with you guys. Oh, Good talking points today. I think a lot of interesting discussion on guys like DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, 
I got to make some trades now that I'm thinking about these guys. So we'll see. Listeners, if you wouldn't mind being so kind, please, please, please drop a rating and review in your podcast app. It helps us out a ton. Follow Okada on social media at Matt Okada. John is at Dynasty Beard. I am at The Fantasy PT. You can follow the show at Redshirts FF Pod. Good luck in week 10. Until next time, we're the Redshirts. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.